Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. I'm your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining me in the beautiful Middleby Residential Showroom in the A&D Building in New York City. I'm here with my co-host and fabulous friend, <laughs> Chef Jamie Larita, the designer of the showroom. That's right, Margaret. You are here, and I am here. Yes, and we <laughs> are beyond excited and so honored to have Danny Meyer here today on Kitchen Chat. Danny needs no introduction, but he is the CEO of Union Square Hospitality Group. I know you've eaten at so many of his restaurants in New York and all around with Shake Shack and everything, too. But we are just so glad you are here today. Welcome to Kitchen Chat. It's great to be amongst all this gorgeous kitchen equipment. Thank you. Uh, Not yeah. to mention two gorgeous people. Oh. <laughs> well, thank I'll you. That. I'll take that. Absolutely. I'll take that from And you were, you were admiring the Lynx product behind you. I was. We have one of those and uh, use it all the time in all seasons. Oh, and what's your favorite thing to make on the Lynx? Um, I haven't figured out anything that I cannot make on the Lynx. That's a great uh, answer. No, seriously, you can, you can make vegetables. You can make rotisserie chicken. You can grill anything you want to. You can... Um, you can actually find a way to smoke things. I found that as well. So it's really, really good. You must have a ton of Middleby products in your restaurants. We own like Blodgett, Jade, Pitco, um, all those companies. I well, I this. think if I'm not mistaken, I was one of the first people ever to have a Jade residential range. And this goes back into the um, early 1990s. No one had done that residentially. As a matter of fact, I think we... Um, almost burned down our kitchen once because the jade was way too powerful for a residential kitchen and we didn't have the proper, it wasn't Jade's fault, it was actually to Jade's credit, we didn't have the proper exhaust. But then we uh, started using jade, we have it at Gramercy Tavern and uh, we have Viking in my home and uh, so yeah, we've got a lot of a lot of your products. Oh, that's good and the company's doing wonders with the brands, Viking yes. has gone to a whole nother level. So we're excited to have you here today, and thanks yes, for coming. Thanks, Jamie. Absolutely. And, Jamie, I like to refer to Danny as the revolutionary renaissance man in the, the restaurant industry. You truly are. You have brought enlightened hospitality to the world, and also you were the pioneer in stopping smoking, allowing smoking in your restaurants, and you banned tipping in your restaurants, and now you have a four-week parental leave for employees. It's actually more than four weeks, but uh, it's that's been one of the things that I think has been one of the best things we've done. It's not a consumer-facing change like eliminating smoking or eliminating tipping, but I think what uh, an extended family leave program has done, uh, both for men and women, uh, the birth, both birth parents, is to make it clear that we're investing in your future and that uh, and it's, it's incredible because it creates a sense of belonging, it creates a sense of balance in people's lives. And we've actually had some really fantastic uh, members of our team who have said that that's the reason they joined our company and in many other cases people have said that's the only way I could actually stay in the company. Wow. And we all talk about talent as being 
uh, you know, the, 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 the thing that either makes or breaks you, but we don't necessarily always do the kind of things that, that help really talented people want to stay. And you talk right. about enlightened hospitality and the tenets of, excuse me, and the tenets of enlightened hospitality. What are those core beliefs? Well, the core, yeah, it, it's just a theory I have that uh, we all have the exact same five stakeholders in every organization. Mm -hmm. And how you prioritize those stakeholders will often end up creating what we call a virtuous cycle where one good thing keeps leading to something even better. And it's not a theory that I was born with. It's something that we were doing intuitively. And it wasn't until I wrote Setting the Table and I was looking back at what we had been doing intuitively that we started to be a lot more intentional about it. And in our case, even though I had spent my whole childhood in St. Louis hearing the customer is always right, the customer is always first, we learned that we were counterintuitively ending up with better guest satisfaction when we put our customer second. And even though when I went to college and I took an economics course, I studied, I think it was Milton Friedman from the University of Chicago who said, all you have to do is put your investor first and you'll make the most money because everything else follows from that. And I found counterintuitively we were putting our investor fifth. And so what we learned with, which is what we now call enlightened hospitality, is that the best way to create the best outcome for your guests is to put them second. And the best way to create the best outcome for your investors is to put them fifth, not in a linear list, but as a cycle. So care for each other first, which means that the staff members are in a much better morale space to take awesome care of our guests. And the more happy guests you have, the more top line you have. Now you can do great things for your community. And now your community wants to see you win. And now you can actually afford to have better products like these and better suppliers. And if you're doing your job well, you end up making more money. And guess what? Best way to take care of your staff members is to have really happy investors. That's how you get promotions. So wise. So, it works. It works. So wise. You are a Renaissance revolutionary, <laughs> truly, with the Renaissance approach, because that that's so powerful. So, Danny, as far great. as like the in being in the restaurant business, what where are some of the biggest restaurant challenges that you face? And being a chef myself and noticing all of these restaurants just popping up everywhere. I'm from Chicago, where the restaurant bubble seems to be almost, in a sense, bursting. What do, you, what do you think are some of the challenges in the restaurant industry today? I think the biggest challenge is um, when you take any strength too far, it can become a liability. And the biggest strength we're dealing with right now is that I don't think we've ever seen in the history of the world a greater level of interest in cooking and in eating. And, you know, I, I don't have any way to measure this, but let's say the world started out with people who ate to live, and then over time it's graduated to some people who actually live to eat. Right. And I, I think we have more of those people yeah, today probably than we've ever had before. And there are more different ways you can eat really well than ever. You know, when I grew up, you either cooked at home, which was kind of like 90% of the time, or you went out to a restaurant. Right. I do remember when you could get pizza delivered. But today, the opportunities to eat are dramatically different. And so when you ask what are the challenges for a restaurant, 
Um, how do you get people's attention and, and how do you get people to remember that in a day and age where we would like to think that just by pushing a button on our remote control to life, also known as our smartphone, we can have anything delivered to us within a second, that that's actually not delivering the thing we need most, which is to be with people. And so I think restaurants have got to remind people through the way we, not, not through a marketing campaign, but through our actions, that a restaurant that provides a table with good food that stops you in a world where you've been going way too fast so that you can be with people right. is really one of the best possible things you can do for yourself. Right, back to the table. And I love how you are investing in others to help them do that with your um, new investment company, mm. the Enlightened Hospitality Investment Group. Can you share with us about that exciting platform? And you just purchased Gather? Well, we made an investment. Or we make minority yes. investments in businesses. Um, it, it, this all really started with a, an acknowledgement that we do not have a monopoly on good ideas. And even if we had that, which we don't, we don't have enough time in the day to exercise them all. And I feel really strongly about backing ideas and businesses and most importantly leaders whose cultures, whatever they call it, reinforce what we're trying to do at, at Union Square Hospitality Group. And I, I feel called to supporting businesses who really believe that if they care for their teams first and create that uplifting culture that they're going to have a really happy tribe of guests. Yes. Uh, and they do great things for their communities and their suppliers. And I believe in that business principle so much that I want to support other people who are doing it and other ideas that I wish I had come up with, but I didn't. That is great. And Gavin, so there's a bunch of, we've already made our first six investments uh, with Enlightened Hospitality Investments. Gather is one of them. It's a, as a matter of fact, the name itself describes what I was just talking about, which is it is um, it's software that helps restaurants to create gatherings for people to come together in, uh, in larger groups than we three might go out to dinner. So it could be a private dining room, it could be an event, but it creates a marketplace also so that when you want to have an event that's larger than going out to dinner for a reservation for three or four, you can actually see where those private rooms are available. That has historically, for some reason, not been available to people. So that's one. We've also invested in businesses like Dig In, which is a really wonderful vegetable forward, uh, fine casual. Uh, we've invested in Gold Belly, which is a marketplace for some of the most iconic foods in America. So say I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, which I did, and I grew up with a flavor, um, let's say, let's say I happen to like pizza with Provel cheese, I can actually get one of those delivered to my home here in New York within 24 hours. Wow. And so that's a really exciting business that celebrates the regional specialties of this country. Um, we've invested in Salt and Straw Ice Cream, um, which is based in Portland, Oregon. Great ice cream and a great experience of, of going to their ice cream places. And even before we had this fund, we invested in Tender Greens, which is a, a wonderful um, business based in Los Angeles that uh, way beyond just greens has uh, really restaurant quality food being made accessible to a lot more people for a, a lower price. 
I'm speechless. I mean, I am in awe yeah. of all that you are doing on so many platforms and so many levels. Oh, and I forgot to mention Joe Coffee, um, a third, wonderful third wave <laughs> coffee business based here in New York City. So what would you, Danny, what would you say uh, to a young uh, chef or maybe it's a... Um, someone who has one restaurant that's really trying to take it to the next level and trying to make it, what would be that one bit of advice to help them you know, get, on, get on that edge? I guess I would first ask the chef, what do you mean by taking it to the next level? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, it's, you, you can get lost in the, you know, there's so many big restaurant groups out there, and then you've got your mom and pop place that's trying to like, compete with that. Um, so taking it to the next level, I think, would be getting recognized. So I, I've always believed that taking things to the next level is really competing with yourself. Hmm. And that means having the self-awareness to look at your day yesterday and say, flawed as it was, what are all the things we did really, really well? Right. Name them. And then start today and tomorrow by saying, okay, cool. I, I honor what we did yesterday, but what are the things we could do a little bit better today? Right. And if you literally did that every day, it would actually feel fun to come to work right. with a group of people who are moving their energy collectively I to improve the place. And then I believe you're actually competing with yourself. Um, I kind of forget the rest of the people out there because quality almost always finds its audience unless you're just so far off the beaten track that, that nobody can get there. And we've opened a restaurant like that before, right. uh, which it's no fun when you really believe you are getting better and you still can't get an audience. But generally what I found is that um, if you compete with yourself and try to outdo your own personal best tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, allow for your own humanity, of course it wasn't perfect yesterday, but I don't have to feel bad about that. I just got to make it better today. Well, You'll get your audience. Today's another chance to make it better. I love that advice. It's great advice. Yes. And speaking of making things better, you make the world such a better place with your heart for charity. And as we all know, foodie friends, charity begins in the kitchen and in the home. And can you share with us some of your special charities that you you really want to help foster and acknowledge? Yes, and I I think the first thing is that when you hire people in a hospitality business, um, you're looking for people who have a heart for hospitality. You're looking for people who are happier themselves when they're doing something for somebody else without expectation of further compensation for that. And um, I've often found that People who've got that hospitality heart want to exercise it beyond the four walls of the restaurant, not just within the restaurant. And over the years, I I think the organizations we've probably gravitated to the most, not exclusively, have been, not surprisingly, organizations that help fight hunger, organizations that feed people who otherwise never could have afforded to come to this restaurant and, in fact, may not even uh, have the security to know where their next meal is coming from. And uh, probably the most consistent one over time has been Share Our Strength and No Kid Hungry. Uh, We've also supported City Harvest for many years, um, Bedford-Stuyvesant Campaign Against Hunger, uh, the Food Bank. Um, We've also done work that that uses our ability to feed people in some some non-traditional ways. Uh, For example, feeding the hospice unit on a weekly basis at Beth Israel Hospital for years where volunteers from one of our restaurants, we would rotate through it. Every Tuesday night, 
would cook a meal for the hospice patients and their families. That's amazing. And in many cases, this may have been the last good meal someone have had in their lives. And when you see the smile and you see how the families who haven't seen their loved ones smile and you, you see what the power of, of good food and hospitality truly is, and then you take these three people who volunteered back to the restaurant, they understand the meaning of what they do. I need a tissue box. Cry. Cry. <laughs> this is, Kitchen chat tears are being shed right now, folks. This mm. is, thank you for what you do. And I love it was Shake Shack. I mean, everyone loves Shake Shack. And, and uh, I know in Chicago that one of the special shakes are donated, the proceeds are donated to a local charity. Every Shake Shack that. is responsible for picking a local not-for-profit that it wants to adopt and and then a proceeds from one of the concretes in each of the Shake Shacks goes to that particular not-for-profit. And speaking of Shake Shack in Chicago, that one's so busy all the time. Yes. <laughs> you guys are adding on another, is it, is it a chicken parmesan sandwich that's going on the menu there? Right? Well, we've had, uh, we've had a chicken shack on the menu now for a couple of years, and it's one of my favorite things that's out of this world. And we use that as a base. We've made hot chicken sandwiches before. We've made um, chicken parm once or twice before. But it can be good. Um, yeah, it can, and, it's got to be good. It can't be bad. That's but, the thing. but I love how the shack team is just always innovating and, and trying how, something how a little bit. Let's, let's go behind the scenes a little bit like to, with the shack team. How does that get done? Is it a big, a big ordeal? Or? No, it's not a big ordeal. We have an innovation kitchen, which is in the West Village of, of Manhattan. And that's where we're constantly trying new recipes. And we try them out at, the, at that actual shack. So wow. if you want to see what might or might not be coming down the pike, you can go there. Um, it's never bad. Um, sometimes it's brilliant. And sometimes of the brilliant things, one of them actually sticks. Right. But it's, a, it's, a, it's the way we stay fresh. And, you know, I, I think it reminds us that Shake Shack had an unusual past because it was born in the kitchen of 11 Madison Park. The culinary, the two top culinary directors worked respectively at Gramercy Tavern and Union Square Cafe and Union Square Events. The uh, COO of the company um, was in charge of operations at all of our fine dining restaurants. The supply chain head... Um, was doing supply for the modern. So Shake Shack's origins were in fine dining restaurants, and they've had to, over the years, learn the systems that make them successful as a public company. Right. But that's a lot easier in a certain way than having a pre-existing set of systems and then trying to retrofit that fine dining mentality into it. Right. So they're having a great time. And Randy Garuti was on Kitchen Chat a few years back when they opened the second... Yeah, Randy's an exceptional leader. He is. He is all part of the enlightened hospitality. And Danny, do you have a, like a, a defining moment or a really special moment in your career that you always like look back to and think, you know, going back to when you were younger and just setting, you know, going going out into your career? Is there a moment or a favorite restaurant or a favorite memory that you have in, within your career that you can share with us? Do you have a special place that's really your heart's in? I mean, of our restaurants, I'm happiest in the one I'm in at that moment, yeah. and I'm secondarily happiest at I the one that that's answer. giving me the least number of problems that particular <laughs> week. That's the honest truth. Yeah, people but, always ask me as a chef, what is your favorite thing to cook? I'm like, the thing I'm cooking now. 
No, I'm I'm pretty capable of being present where I'm at. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And speaking of present where you're at, thank you for being present here thank you, today Margaret. and sharing this wonderful kitchen chat. I feel so enlightened. <laughs> sure. we thank have, you so much. We have, we have our so chef, much. we have our chef, um, Jackie, uh, in the back there. She's dying. She loves you. And uh, she's like, I can't even believe he's in our showroom. So well, I'll uh, look forward to meeting her. Yeah, she's going to be very excited to meet you. Oh, well, thank you again. Thanks. And thank you. Of course. To my wonderful co-host, and we have a special gift from you for you from Four Roses Bourbon. They actually wow. we had a bourbon event, so we have a little something for you. But anyway, thank you, and thank you, dear foodie friends, for joining the fun here in the beautiful Middleby Residential Showroom in the A and D Building in New York City. Come up and see Chef Jackie here, and also come to Chicago and see Chef Jamie Larita in the Merchandise Mart Suite One Thirty Seven in the Middleby Residential Showroom. There, please. Look for recipes and inspiration for your kitchen in thevikinglife.com. Come visit me in my kitchen, kitchenchat.info. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.